Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. We're talking about Acts chapter 16. What are we talking about, mm-hmm. Clark? Well, here you have Timothy, young Timothy, joining Paul and Silas. And what's so interesting to me about the first couple of verses of this chapter mm. is that this comes to help them. You see Timothy's background come to help them. In Friday's podcast, when we talk about chapter 18, and also um, Paul's letters to Timothy, First and Second Timothy, the mm. first couple of verses explain it. It says, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, mm-hmm. whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. So already right there in the first sentence, it, it gives you a little background um, on Timothy's life. His background would prepare him for his future. And so let's say um, for him, he's eventually going to be ministering to both the Jews and the Gentiles, the churched and the unchurched people. Those are the words I would use for today. And so later on, Timothy is joining them on their missionary journeys, and they're going to be sharing Jesus in the synagogues to the Jews and then out in the streets and the marketplaces to the, the Gentiles, the unchurched folks. Yeah. Timothy's background, he's going to have like street cred. He's going to know how to connect with people. Yeah. He's probably the little hipster that's with him going, hey, Paul, you know, Silas, <laughs> this, is what, this is what this means or whatever, you know. And uh, he's a, just a helpful person who eventually ends up leading the church in Ephesus and staying there. Yeah, I think it's helpful to know sometimes you kind of might look at your own background or someone else's background and you might make a judgment call and you're like, oh, that's not going to work out. And really, this had all the markers of not working out because we don't really, I mean, you don't know much, but just the fact that it's included in there. And then what we know now, like Clark said, reading continually in the book of Acts and then in the other letters is like, oh, wow, not only did it work out, but it was like really actually special. It was advantageous for them. And so I just... Man, we've talked about this before with just the the special gifting of Timothy and his grandma and his mom and and how hugely important like those roles are um mm-hmm. in in our lives being poured into, you know, by people who've gone before us and who love us. But now looking at it too as just the unique call and like marked and identified life that Timothy had. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of we talked about that a little bit before like pre-conversation before the podcast and how man there there is something in you. There's something in me that has been made in the image of God that is uniquely me. Mm-hmm. That the Lord is calling and refining out of me for his kingdom, for his glory, for eternal good. Yeah. And and you see that in Paul's special relationship with Timothy, but in just in Timothy's own heritage and who he is and in how the gospel comes out of him. Yeah. And I think for those of you listening that might be writing this statement off going, yeah, well, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've done right. or you don't know what's been done to me. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel is Jesus promises to allow our weaknesses to become strengths. God meets us in our low points and reveals how good and kind he is. And I just think about, you know, church ministry and some of the things that happen in the background. When people come and confide in in us pastorally with a certain situation, there are many times I can't relate to them because I hadn't been in that exact situation. But I do know someone, a faithful follower of Jesus in our church who has. Right. Then I get to connect them and someone allows their story, their testimony, their brokenness, their pain, their journey 
to be an incredible blessing to someone who's now walking the path Mm -hmm. that they have already walked. Right. And so that's another way to look at this. Like, okay, Timothy's using his Jewish Gentile background to bless people. And the same is true with you and your story Mm -hmm. in the successes and probably more often than the failures and the hurts Uh that God uses these things for, for his glory. So anyways, we're going to come back to this in this podcast and even in chapter 18 on Friday, because Timothy is going to play a vital role in what they're doing. Great. First two verses, guys. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Let's keep marching on. What's going on? What yeah. For, I mean, for me, they're, they're traveling around. Verse seven is always fascinating to me because he has this vision of a man in Macedonia. Okay, they came yep. to the border of Myasia and they tried to enter Bithynia, but it says the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit would not allow them right. to. And so oftentimes God shuts a door and just simply says no. And it's not... Um, because maybe we did something wrong. It's not because Paul and Silas did something wrong. It's because he has a better plan and it's just a, a not yet. And so Mm. they eventually go to Macedonia, share Jesus there, but it's a couple years later, they do make their way to Ephesus. And some commentators will explain that it's possible that Paul just wasn't ready for what he was going to encounter there in Asia, because the amount of spiritual warfare was at a whole nother level that Mm. he had not accomplished yet or um, um, addressed yet and confronted yet. So maybe that would come later on. But um, for me, now I jump ahead to kind of verses 14 and 15. Yeah, let's go there. Okay. The next section of this chapter is titled Lydia's conversion in Philippi. Mm -hmm. And if you go to like verses 13 and 14, it says on the Sabbath, they went outside the city gate to the river where they were expected to find a place to pray. They sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Mm -hmm. This is one of the key passages, I think, about the work of the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit just said, no, you can't go into Bithynia. Instead, I want you to go to Macedonia. Instead, I want you to go visit these people. You're going to come across people who are going to become vital to your ministry, Mm -hmm. helping fund your ministry. Mm -hmm. And I love what it says about the Lord and the work of the Spirit here. It says, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Yeah. For me, that that's so vital for us as Christians when we're sharing the gospel. Mm. Again, I think a couple of days ago, we mentioned it in the podcast where it's just confounding when the apostles go from town to town and the people are like, oh yeah, we believe in you. And then right. they get convinced otherwise, other ways. Like, yep. no, now we're going to kill you. Oh, yes, we believe in you. Or no, now you're Zeus and Hermes. Now we're going to kill you. No, like, make up your mind. Well, that's exactly the point. The minds can go back and forth, left and right, again, tossed by the waves, as the book of James says. Here it says, the Lord opened her heart, and that is what we need. Yeah. You need an encounter with God, and that's got to help um, form our prayers. Like when we're praying mm-hmm. for people, God, I don't want to just convince you know, my uncle's brain. Right. I want you to touch his heart and mm-hmm. open his heart to the gospel. Open his heart to this message. Open his heart so that he can become aware of his sin and... Mm-hmm become more in love with who you are, Jesus. And so that's, that's a really key passage there. Yeah, it is. It's key for me too. And, and understanding. So, um, pastor Ken references Lydia and the jailer, which we'll get to later all the time when he does baptisms at Emmanuel. And I, honestly, it really helped me just understand the picture of this too. Cause verse 15 says this, when she, Lydia and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home really minute. You wouldn't think that's a big deal, but it says when she and the, and the members of her household were baptized. So Emmanuel recognizes, you know, believers baptism as adults, um, when we come and we repent and believe, but also, um, 
household baptisms and infant mm-hmm. baptism. And so the picture of that here, and then again with the jailer here in a few verses, I just really love claiming and saying, because already the Spirit's work was happening in Lydia's heart. We mm-hmm. just read that, that God opened her heart and she was able to respond. And so that is what we believe is true for these little tiny infants that don't even know, but God is at work and he is going to be wooing and ushering them toward him. And and us as their guardians, them in our household, under our umbrella, as we're under the bigger umbrella of grace, say we claim them for the kingdom. Um, and so that is why we're going to baptize them, like the whole household. And so I just really, I'm always so touched when Emmanuel, um, anybody, when we're up front, whether they're in elementary school or, um, you know, in their 60s, and they're saying, hey, I believe in Jesus Christ, or they're claiming saying, hey, we believe in Jesus Christ. And because these little ones belong to us, um, Emmanuel Church, and then also our specific household, we're going to raise them and do our the best that we can to raise them in the Lord so that they one day will profess with their lips yeah. too. And like, like you re- referenced, the jailer at the end. Right. We can that come story back too. to the middle, yeah. but at the, like verses 31, 32, 33. Right. This crazy thing goes down where um, Paul and Silas are going to get out of prison. They yep. don't leave. The jailer's about to take his own yep. life, and then they're still there. And he's like, what do I have to do? And they reply in verse 31, believe in Jesus and you'll be yep. saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others there. The jailer washed their wounds, and then immediately all his household were baptized. Mm -hmm. And so this, again, goes back to this covenant-keeping God who, from Genesis throughout the Old, Old Testament, they circumcised the little boys, saying, you belong to Israel. Mm -hmm. You belong to God, is better said. Then in the New Testament, it gets even better. This promise is now for every man and woman who confesses Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ as Lord. And we believe every boy and girl that's born into a family of faith. Mm -hmm. And here again, you have in Acts 16, people coming to Christ, the heads of the household coming to Christ, and then them saying, you're all coming with us. You're being um, brought into this kingdom community. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that if you're old enough to get your head around this and understand, then yeah, you repent and you believe, you profess your faith, you're baptized. But for the infants, for the little ones, we tell them this is who you are, and someday you will stand in the waters of your baptism, and you will profess Jesus Christ as Lord, just yeah. confirming the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the work opened Lydia's heart yeah. to believe. The Lord opened my heart to believe before I even realized what was going on. Yeah. And we believe the same is true for, for possibly you and other everybody else around. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I just love the picture of how the Spirit's um, going ahead, working and wooing people. Um, and then at the end, too, do I'm going to go to verse 37. Is that too far? You have something yeah, else I have to more go. like verses 16 through 21. Oh, well, let's go verses there. Verses 25. What's sticking out to you So going there? back to when they're in prison. Okay. What's so interesting to me is in verse 16, like while they were going to prison, they were the reason why they went was they were met by a female slave right. who had a, a uh. demon in her that helped her predict the future. Mm-hmm. And so just right there, that's reason to pause and acknowledge that demonic spirits have supernatural abilities. Yeah, there's power there. So yeah. we can't always attribute miraculous signs to proof that, oh, this must be God. We have to look and yeah. see, is this glorifying God? Mm-hmm. And is this situation honoring Jesus? And so there are people who read you know, tarot cards and palm reading and all kinds of other things. There's witches and Wiccans today. There's witchcraft and voodoo, all kinds of things. Yeah. Unfortunately, I believe some of these people probably have spiritual power to some extent and it's some kind of demonic presence in them Mm -hmm. 
Now, we believe in the Holy Spirit, who's stronger and better. We believe in the angelic forces mm-hmm. outweigh the demonic forces mm-hmm. two-thirds to one-third because one-third of the angelic host went with Lucifer when they were cast out of Satan, out of heaven. So the, the armies of heaven are two times the size of this. But I'm still acknowledging, okay, there's still a spiritual realm, and there's a clash of the kingdoms that we are living in right now. Yeah. The discernment comes when you and I ask ourselves, is the situation I'm in right now, is this what I'm witnessing and hearing? Is it glorifying God mm-hmm. and aligning with the scriptures? And is it honoring Jesus? Because what you see then in verses 16 mm-hmm. through 21, this gal was making these people a bunch of money because she could predict the future. She kept this up, and I love verse 18. It says, Paul became mm-hmm. so annoyed he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of here. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Then the owners realized their hope of making money was gone. They seized Paul and Silas, right. they drugged them to the marketplace, and they ended up in jail. So just um, uh, just a strong word to remember that you are in the midst of a spiritual battle. Yeah. Much of the evil we see in this world yeah, is physical to our eye, but it's actually very supernatural, and there are um, spirits behind these corporations and yep. countries and leaders and political decisions that are on the move. And so kingdom wise, we're gaining ground or losing ground constantly hmm. and there's strategy here. So I'm thinking like with the church, how can we gain ground? Where's the Holy spirit at work? How can we join him? Because there's strategy there. Hmm. Like I was just watching a Pearl Harbor documentary the other night. It's like a three part deal and I love history. And they were going back to um, Japan's strategy when they were coming in and how they invaded Indochina initially because they needed oil and they knew the second they went against America, America would pull their oil reserves and say, you're not getting any Japan. Hmm. So if they're to go to war. They needed to go take some ground other places. So they strategically could keep fueling their, their war enterprises. Hmm. And so spiritually thinking, okay, there are businesses, there are leaders, there are movements at play and behind them are spirits in this passage here in Acts 16 gives us a little glimpse of just what's happening and what we're a part of. And mm-hmm. so just a friendly reminder that, you know, we're walking around in the name of Jesus. We're called to be children of light. We're fighting from victory because Jesus has died, has resurrected. The Holy Spirit has been given. And so there's a great deal of reason to have peace there. And look at what the apostles are doing. They're taking no prisoners. These guys yeah. are just straight up going on the mission field here saying, we're going to tell people about Jesus and we ain't going to be quiet about it. Yeah, well, and the, and the other side knows too. That's the thing too. The, this girl followed Paul because the reason Paul was getting annoyed, these men are servants of the most high God. Who are, So it's like when you're in Christ, you know, you're you're marked. The Holy Spirit's in you. And so yeah. that's why where we go, we bring the light and, and the peace and the healing mm-hmm. touch of Christ. And so um, will we allow ourselves to be vessels you know? Yeah. So they get thrown in jail. Yeah. They're hurting. They've been whipped, flogged, beaten. The jailer becomes a believer. Yeah. Because there, that's when, you know, um, there was the earthquake, the chains fell off. And then the guy's like, Oh my goodness. Oh no, you guys are going to get out. It's going to be my fault. Um, and so then we read about the, the household being baptized and then 37, uh, sounds like this. And that's kind of where I went to, um, but Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us so quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. So Paul here is playing this card. He's saying we have been treated wrongly 
because of our citizenship on earth, like the them being Roman citizens. And so I asked Clark, like, what's the big deal? Like, what, why was that so hugely important that Paul was a Roman citizen? Do you remember talking about this? Mm-hmm. Or do you, do you not want to chime in? Or you just want me to go? <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, and it's so important because he's a Roman citizen. He is given Roman rights and gets like a just trial with a judge and all that stuff. And they did not treat him appropriately. And so now they call him to the floor and said, hey, you owe us. Yeah. Kind of anyway. push back at him a little bit. And so what I, why I just like, again, what we talked about with Timothy at the beginning was Timothy had a past and had a story and God used all of it mm-hmm. for his glory and for the edification and the growth of the kingdom. Paul, previously Saul, had a story and God used it all. And his story, part of it probably was a little bit, you know, I don't know, shameful, like crazy that it was like, oh, hey, oh, I hear Kit in the background there. Um, with him murder, murdering Jews with yeah. who he was before. Like some of that, I don't know if you like, you know, we, we, we don't want to bring that out all into the light. And it's like, oh, anyway just struck by how um sometimes we look back at life and we have 2020 vision and we're like oh okay and maybe we don't maybe we won't maybe we will when we're 80 maybe when when we're 60 but i feel like this is a moment in the book of acts for paul like saying like man i am so grateful actually for the these parts of me and my past and my citizenship like my earthly kind of cards that i'm playing because this now is going to be come in totally clutch. And so the officers reported the officers reported this. You want some little crackers. Okay, we got crackers. Let's get them. <laughs> so so they escort them out of the city um and they leave. They Paul and Silas come out of the prison. They went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and are encouraged and encouraged them and then they left. Anyway, and so I just kind of sat in that a little bit. Like some, I don't know if, if you've ever been able to actually look back with the 2020 vision and, and understand, and maybe you have and maybe you haven't, uh, but I just wonder about that. And I pray and ask God, um, use me, all of me, God, that it might glorify you. Kit, you got something to say? Kit's going to end sharing a scripture. Oh, Isaiah. okay. Then we'll get crackers after that. All okay. right, you get crackers. We do our scripture, ready? Okay. Isaiah 26, 3. Okay. You will keep talking yep. nice, nice and loud. You will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on thee, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, all whose. Um... Oh, That's really good. Let's try again. Let's try do it again. Ready? Want me to do the hand motions with yeah. it? Yeah. Ready? Ready? You will. You keep with perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on me, all whose trust, trust. trust in you, oh. whose thoughts are yes. fixed on you. Isaiah 26 verse, verse three. Yay, wow. What a blessing, kid. Good okay, job. let's get some crackers. All right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast and talking Acts 16 and Isaiah 26 3 there at the end. God bless you and uh, coming your way on Friday. See you then. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face sign on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.